to Trinity's daily Bible podcast, an opportunity to share scripture and hope together. Hello there. Thanks for listening into this podcast wherever you are, on a morning walk, in your car, on the treadmill, wherever you are. Thanks for listening in. My name is Kelsey Willinga, and I'm a member of Trinity Reformed Church in Orange City and Hospers. I work as an event coordinator for the Youth Ministries Department of the Synod of the Heartland, which is a region of the Reformed Church in America denomination. That was a mouthful explanation, but if you've heard of Power Connection or Rocky Mountain High, I help plan and coordinate those events. Okay, so I'm going to be reading Philippians 3 verses 1 through 4. I chose this scripture because it has been brought to my attention recently through Trinity's sermon series over the entire book of Philippians. I own a devotional Bible, and God has really been weighing on my heart to share not just this passage, but what my Bible explains in the devotional part of these verses. All right. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, we who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Since I was in elementary school, I can tell you for a fact that I am terrible at reading comprehension. Terrible. I've learned this about myself throughout all of my education, and it's just not a strong suit I have. Because of this, I have fallen in love with my devotional Bible. Almost every verse has an explanation of the scripture. I love it. Here's the explanation for verses 2 and 3 of the previous passage. These dogs and men who do evil were very likely Judaizers, Jewish Christians who wrongly believed that it was essential for Gentiles to follow all the Old Testament Jewish laws, especially submission of the rite of circumcision in order to receive salvation. Many Judaizers were motivated by spiritual pride. Because they had invested so much time and effort in keeping their laws, they couldn't accept the fact that all their efforts couldn't bring them a step closer to salvation. Okay, the next part is where it gets good. Paul criticized the Judaizers because they looked at Christianity backwards, thinking that what they did, circumcision, cutting or mutilating the flesh, made them believers, rather than the free gift of grace given by Christ. What believers do is a result of faith, not a prerequisite of faith. This had been confirmed by the early church leaders at the Jerusalem Council 11 years earlier. Who are the Judaizers of our day? Our They are those who say that people must add something else to simple faith. No person person should add anything to Christ's offer of salvation by grace through faith. The sentence that screamed out to me in that explanation was, what believers do is a result of faith, not a prerequisite of faith. Yes, that is a beautiful, simple fact that I think gets overlooked sometimes throughout Christian teaching. I'm not sure if because I work in youth ministry that I'm drawn to simple facts of faith, but I think this sentence is really important for people to know. 
I accepted Christ into my life when I was in high school, but to be very honest, I really thought for a long time that along with accepting Christ as my savior, I needed to be, air quotes, a good person and avoid sin to receive salvation and a spot in heaven. I'm not trying to say those things still aren't necessary in life, not at all. The clarification, though, is that what believers do is a result of faith and salvation and not a prerequisite. Believers tithe and volunteer and honor their parents not to make sure they make it into heaven. They do it because they love Jesus Christ so much and want to be like him and carry out his desires and show his love to others. I think that clarification is really important when explaining Christianity to someone. What believers do is a result of faith, not a prerequisite. That's what Paul is telling the people of Philippi in his in the part of the, his letter. And he goes to say some really great words in verses 7 through 9 of chapter 3. This was the theme verses for the 2020 middle school retreat my office held via live stream recently. It reads, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Oh, I love those verses. It's so true. Once someone gets that first taste of knowing Christ and having a relationship with him, you just want to feel that all the time. It's better than anything else. A wise worship worship leader has said, you can worship whatever you want, but if it's not Christ Jesus, it will let you down. Yes, that is real good. All right, here's my last story slash point. During college, I attended a church in Ames, Iowa called Cornerstone Church. I'd say they had a huge hand in helping me hold on to my faith through college, and I can't thank them enough for that. I still follow them on social media, and one of their pastors told a very applicable story through video. I've written down the words, and I'd like to share it with you. All credit of this story goes to Solomon Rexius of Cornerstone Church in Ames, and I'll share it with you from his point of view. Three years ago, there was a couple who was trying to have a second child, but could not get pregnant. They had one son already, and in the meantime, they went through the classes for adoption and foster care. They prayed that either God would let them get pregnant or bring, that, or bring another child into their life through adoption. They even prepared a room in hopes that it would come to be. One day, they got a call from a hospital an hour from their house informing them that a baby girl had just been born on their property. More specifically, the baby was born on the pavement in the parking lot because the birth parents were so high on drugs that they decided it was okay to have the baby on the asphalt. Parents were gone within the hour, leaving this baby girl in the arms of a team of nurses. She was an orphan now. No immediate family, no extended family that wanted to help, no support system, no cute newborn photo sessions. She didn't even have a real name. She was just a number. Her legal name was Baby Girl followed by a number. 
After three days in the hospital, baby girl was picked up by those parents who had been praying and preparing for her for years. They took her home. They loved her. They gave her a room. They gave her a family. And they gave her a name. Mercy. Mercy's my niece. And that father is my brother. And the point of this story isn't that you should be more like my brother and sister-in-law. The point of this story is that when it comes to salvation, you are mercy. You're the orphan. On the pavement. Helpless. Hopeless. You aren't the loving father who gives grace. You're the needy child. And so before my niece was born, she had a mom and a dad planning to adopt her. They didn't know who she was yet, but they were planning to adopt her. So while she was lying alone at night in the hospital as an orphan, she had a mom and dad who were working for her to bring her into their family. The orphan became a cherished daughter, not because she pursued her parents, but because her parents pursued her. That's how you became a Christian. You didn't find God. He found you. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope to see you next time right here on the Trinity Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.